First Rand is the largest banking group in the country and owns, amongst others, First National Bank, Rand Merchant Bank and West Bank. The group announced results for its financial year to the end of June today. And as was the case with several of the other big banking groups, the results underline a strong recovery from the COVID-19 periods. Now, First Rand's normalized headline earnings rose by 23%. To, uh, 33 billion rand. First National Bank's contribution was 19.6 billion, or 60% of this profit, and uh, FNB's uh, growth was around 22%. Rand Merchant Bank contributed 8.2 billion rand, or 25%, and this uh, group also experienced uh, significant growth. The headline earnings were 17% higher than the previous period. Shareholders can also smile. The board declared a record dividend of 4.67 a share, and this consists of an ordinary dividend of 3.42 a share and a special dividend of 1.25. James Formby is on the line. He's the chief executive of Rand Merchant Bank. James, thanks so much for joining me. It's been a strong recovery and the profit levels seem to exceed pre-COVID levels. Are things back to normal? Rick, uh, hi and hello to all the listeners. Yes, it has been a strong recovery. I think this is the year where we truly put uh, COVID behind us. At RMB, our results for last year were already above pre-COVID levels, but now I think we've really seen a full normalization of our results and uh, we're really seeing some some nice growth come through across all the businesses. The profits of banks have been influenced significantly by provisions and impairments and I see at a, a pre-provision level for both FMB and RMB the growth was a lot lower. It was basically pedestrian. For FMB the pre-provision growth was around 4% and RMB had a decline of 2%. What is that indicate that at an operational level times are tough? I think that, you know, it is clear that some of the growth that we've seen in these results are as a result of provisions that we no longer need because the quality of our advances book has improved significantly over the last period and and particularly from an RMB perspective is in good shape. We've actually reversed provisions over the last uh, year. I think, you know, clearly the broader picture is quite still tough, uh, Ray, but it's encouraging to see some signs of growth. And and in the corporate and investment banking business, I mean, our advances book grew 18% this year, which means in new business and refinancings, we wrote 126 billion of new business refinancings. And I think that indicates some signs of confidence coming back into the South African economy and that, you know, corporate South Africa is starting to invest again for for the future, which is is really positive. So the advances rose by 18%. That is a significant number, but there's a perception that the economy is just, you know, surviving at the moment. There's not enough electricity There are political concerns, but if you look at that number, it seems that things are still happening on the ground. Yeah, and uh, what was interesting is that the advances growth that I talked about, which is in the large corporate space, was actually typically in the larger end, so some bigger, lower, less risky companies, and uh, quite a broad cross-section across the economy. Some of it was in manufacturing, some of it was in telcos, 
but it was quite broadly spread. So I agree with you. Uh, you know, everyone is experiencing the frustrations of uh, power outages, but companies are investing. And this growth that we've seen in this year, uh, Rake, is even before some of the infrastructure investment that we expect to come in the future, you know, coming from some of the power, uh, renewable power, private power themes that, you know, we're seeing massive pipelines developing here where we're talking to a whole range of our clients and there will be significantly more growth coming from this theme in coming years. So I think it's at the early stages of a, actually a more constructive cycle for corporate South Africa. Yeah, renewable energy will form a significant part of that. And and I know you have financed several big renewable energy projects. What do you see in that segment of the market? Because with the liberalization of the sector recently and, and the rules of who can build these plants, there should be, a, in quotation marks, an explosion of activity in that sector. Rake, you correct. The announcement by the president on the 25th of July it really was a game changer for this. We had been you know, engaging extensively, as I said, across our client base, and there was a, already a significant pipeline of private power. In other words, corporates that are building power for their own use. But, you know, allied to this, we are seeing the doubling of the size of uh, the renewable REAP uh, program round six, which now closes in early October. And we expect significant interest in that. So the combination of these actually means that, you know, our teams are, are, are extremely busy and we are seeing lots of interest and opportunity in both of these themes, which is really exciting. It doesn't mean, unfortunately, that load shedding will end immediately. It will probably take around two and a half years for this power now to to actually hit our grid. But it does mean that there is the start of um, a solution to these frustrating outages. Yeah, and I think it's also stimulating for the economy, not only the supply of electricity, but the uh, investments will also have a significant impact on many other industries like manufacturing. And I guess it could be the first chapter of a very expanded infrastructure investment program, you know, if if government actually pulls the trigger on that. But where else in the economy do you see some, you know, good opportunities? It is a fairly broad cross section, but we are seeing our clients now, you know, and I guess perhaps it, it you know, they held back on some of this during the, the COVID period, starting to invest across all sectors. So, you know, I mentioned manufacturing, I think the telcos uh, sector has been very vibrant. And a lot of our, our clients are, you know, thinking about how to play and structure their, their lending in accordance with the ESG theme that we've seen coming through strongly. So, you know, I know environmental renewables is one subsector of that, but we've seen many of our clients uh, focus on this and both because they believe in it and the importance of this theme, but also because, you know, it creates a new way of of structuring and borrowing their lending efficiently. Then there is a distinct possibility that we could be placed on the FAFT grey list next year due to concerns about our ability to spot and prevent illegal money transfers and money laundering. It's an international problem. And there are a set of rules countries need to implement. And it seems as if South Africa's efforts have fallen short. 
And there are concerns that this may have a significant impact on South Africa, especially the banking sector. What are your views on this? Rick, I think there's no doubt that this kind of issue creates concern from global investors who are looking at South Africa. And it also makes it you know, more complex for banks like ourselves to interact with the global financial system. So the way I would see it is that, you know, we may be uh, gray listed. We should not be complacent about that. This country cannot afford to ignore that risk. It doesn't mean that it's a terminal problem. We need to actively solve it and get out of the gray zone, if you like, and back into the green zone. And that requires a lot of different things. It requires legislation, it requires prosecutions, etc. And it's good to see the, the focus that National Treasury has on this. But I do think they should not be a lone voice. Uh, National Treasury, the banking industry, but this impacts all of us. And we should team together to make sure that we get out of this gray zone and back into the green. You do business in several countries in Africa. Is there a significant difference in how things work in those countries uh, who are also on the gray list? It's difficult to say. I mean, as a, a global business, you know, we have and set the highest standards on all of these, you know, anti-money laundering KYC policies. We don't see our conduct or our approach being different in any of the markets we operate. We make sure that we comply to the highest requirements of this. And in the RMB world, you know, which deals with large institutions and large corporates, our clients understand this and they appreciate that they also need to follow suit. So it's certainly something, you know, that we don't see or we don't really regard our different locations as as different cases in this. It's hard for me to comment specifically mm. at a FATF level as to how they look at it. I mean, I do know Mauritius was a country they put on the grey list and, and Mauritius, with two years of hard work, got off the grey list. I think that was a, a, the kind of effort and work that uh, a country like South Africa also needs to to invest. Well, there seems to be a lot of effort going into rectifying the problems now, but it may have started yeah. too late. But just lastly, this is your last responsibility as the CEO of Rand Merchant Bank because you are leaving the company at the end of September. And, you know, you've had a fantastic stint there. What are your plans come 1 October? Break, yeah, it brings to the end uh, for me seven years as, as RMB CEO and just over 25 years with RMB. So it's been uh, an integral part of my, my adult life. So my first priority is to take some uh, time out and to slow down a bit and then to really reflect on what the next chapter might be. So I, I think it's very hard to be focusing on that when you're in the hot seat. So I'm hoping to enjoy a bit of uh, a rest and then, you know, see what the next uh, chapter might bring. And and I know that RMB is in really great hands. There's such a depth of talent and with Emery uh, taking over great leadership of the bank. So, you know, I can I can hopefully applaud next year's results from the sidelines. 
Yeah, but it's not easy to run a bank in South Africa. You are almost out of the door, so you can probably answer it honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's always always complexities in any business, uh, and banking has its own share. Yeah, absolutely. James, thank you so much for your time, and uh, good luck on your rest and reflection on what your next venture will be. I'm sure it will be successful. Thank you very much, Rake. That was James Formby, the Chief Executive of Rand Merchant Bank.